Hey everybody, before we move on to our next topic, I do want to let you know about Anchor, because Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place for free, just like this show, which you can use right from your phone or computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great, just like this one, and they'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere podcasts are heard, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. Get started today by downloading downloading the Anchor app, or you can go to anchor.fm. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. We have Oscars, we have Tonys, we have Emmys, and we have depression and suicide? It's the fourth episode of Fosse Vernon here on AfterBuzz TV. We're talking glory. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey everybody, welcome back to our coverage of Fosse Verdon here on AfterBuzz TV. I am your host, Brianna Phipps, the musical girl holding it down, and with me, my dance major <laughs> what? A, a co-host. I was going to call you a sister, I was like, that's not right. Do a partner, my co-host. We're, yeah, we're equal partners here. It's Kim Davey. Hi everyone, so excited for this episode. This was my favorite by far. Oh, really? Well, we are going to be breaking down everything that happened in this episode, along with Gwen and her career not being in the place it's supposed to be, Bob's career success, but also his crippling depression. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk about uh, Joan Simon and her hospital stint and what's going on with her. And we're going to get into our special segment where we delve into what is different in the show than what happened in real life and what was kept the same. And then we're going to have some really great news and gossip for you guys. I know Kim <laughs> gave me a little... A little tease of a little it. taste of it early. But uh, it's going to be really juicy, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And uh, as well as our predictions on what's going to happen next in the so show. So much in such a short amount of time. So much. But as you said, it is your favorite episode so far. So why don't you tell me what your overall thoughts were on the episode? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it was just captivating with so many facets and so many areas. I mean, we're going to touch on it in a deeper level. But my favorite, favorite part was absolutely the end with the Pippin finale going on. And it was literally what um, Fosse was living. And it was just, it was fantastical. Like a musical. I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. It was definitely darker than in, um, some of the others we've got. Mm-hmm. And... It was so interesting to learn certain things about it. And I love the artistic, like you said, the ending, which we will talk about, um, just the artisticness to it. Mm. Because with Bob Fosse being such an artistic person, I love them kind of putting little bits here and there and that we actually got some music. Yeah. Well, exactly. We're musical geeks, right? So we, yeah, we haven't some gotten any music and really, and I feel numbers. like, since episode one. I know, totally. So, it was um, so that was fun. And then... You know, it's just it just makes me, it made me like go and like dive deeper because there were certain things that I was like oh I didn't know this so yeah. I really enjoyed learning about it I think like this one and episode two are like kind of tied for me as favorites right now okay research yeah uh, so let's dive right into it um, also guys I'm in the chat if you want to chat along with us let us know your thoughts on the episode or anything that you want to chime in we will call you out and give you a shout out on air um, so let's start off with Gwen. So Gwen, this episode, we see it's been 14 years since she's last won a Tony Award, uh, which I think just also goes to show us how long it's been since she's been on stage. But we see that her, you know, she's she's reaching out to Bob. She needs his help. She wants him to kind of come in and talk to the director because the director's ruining this play, in her opinion. He's cutting so many scenes. He's 45 minutes long. It's a skit. It's It's now a skit. skit. Um, (laughs) And she she really needs Bob's help. And 
Surprise, surprise, he's not there for her. He's not there for her, as we learn, because then the show opens. Um, and as we told, said last week, uh, it closed within one night, and we see that it happened. And she tells Bob that, and she's like, you never showed up, basically. Mm, jab. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Your fault. Yeah, poor Gwen. I mean, she's always there for him. Yeah. Without a doubt, except I mean, for finally this episode. this episode. And it's the middle of the night. No, thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, she reached out for help and he wasn't there. And, I mean, I just don't know why she stays around. It's, I mean, they need each other, though, don't they? Creative geniuses. They yeah, they, they both need each other in certain ways. They also have a daughter, so she can't just cut him out completely. Mm-hmm. But it it is the overall theme of this episode. It seems to be, like, the selfishness of him. Oh, yeah. Where he takes, 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 but doesn't give back mm-hmm. in any kind of way, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it be in a nice way, in a loving way, in a friendly way, he mm-hmm. never is giving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, I mean, he does come to her show. So With he did flowers. The, he did the bare minimum that mm-hmm. is required to be a decent human. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes there with the flowers and with a girl. One of the dancers from Pippin. Um, <laughs> but he's point. offering to send her home. And like, I love this line we get from her, which is because uh, he's like, I don't want you to be alone. And she's like, I'm not alone. I have a whole party waiting for me. Like, I know it's still like sad because, you know, this was her first stint back and she wanted to have be this like success that she used to have again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, you know, it's an after party that you always get with an opening night, but it's also the closing night party. Yeah. So it is still sad, but I'm glad that she kind of like, almost was like i don't need you yeah off and and rightly so i mean goodness she doesn't need him at all anymore yeah. they're not really in the day-to-day life are they and potentially her boyfriend was there at that time too we don't know. yeah we don't know um quite when that kind of started mm-hmm. but uh she then like you said but by the end of this episode we get that where he needs her again and i love it that she hangs the phone up on him like yeah. you said yeah uh that, it's just like those little things of like her finally like being like no yeah well, then, taken and, enough. Yeah, at the very, very end when he, he's crawling back into bed with her. Oh, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, okay. We'll hold off on that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, moving on, we're talking about her trying to get back into this limelight. Um, we see it happen when she goes to his rehearsal and she's telling him about, oh, we, we're going to get the rights to Chicago. We just, mm-hmm. uh, the Maureen Watkins estate is ready to give them the rights. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like, mm. But, I and I don't usually say this, but in his defense, he was literally right in the middle of rehearsal going hard, like, okay, cool, awesome, can you talk about that in a minute? And you know how he gets so detailed, and so I get it in that one instance, just that one. I mean, I can understand where you're coming from there, but I, but the fact that he was saying, I don't know what I want to do after this, I don't know if it's Chicago, I don't even know if I want, and then her, I love her coming back and being like, well, that's what I want. Yeah, finally. I want to be on stage again, I want to be a star again, and I need you. I think it's just another example of him not thinking at all about her feelings or what she is interested in. No, it's she just it's so ironic how many times he calls her up asking for her help or asking her to stay. Even in that moment, he wants her to stay Mm. um, and watch the ending and help her with the ending. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're not even once listening to what she wants or needs. Oh, we've already established he's just completely selfish, self-absorbed and just a complete creative who's only in his own mind and on what he wants and what he needs and hence his downfall because he is, you know, the number one key to life is helping others get what they want, which ultimately will fulfill you. And he misses that element, that key core component of life and therefore... I mean, we know Chicago got made some, I guess at some point he 
realize, realize hello actually it's a good idea but um but i mean that was a huge success for him too so it's not like he just gave it to her yeah, he yeah, yeah. he got a lot of i mean totally. he's known for chicago like i feel like that's the main play people associate his name absolutely. with. absolutely definitely um but also what's going on is that he just his also selfishness i feel like and we'll get more into it later with uh the ending scene but just that he's not really in his daughter's life like we see that happen in that little scene where he's they're doing the flashes of him sleeping with all these women but then mm-hmm. she's at home with nicole mm-hmm. and nicole wants to watch the partridge family and she's like it's my first <sighs> night off i don't want to watch i don't want to do that but it's just like he can do whatever he wants mm. in she's his life responsibility but she has to be the parent because he's not being the parent mm-hmm. either mm-hmm. so she's taking on all that responsibility as well which is just, it's hard. Typical woman, really, isn't it? Like, steps up and does it. Which I'm sure she's glad to do because, as we know, with her losing her son, mm-hmm. or not losing him, but, like, giving up her son to have her career, I feel like this is her mm-hmm. second go-around. She wants to really be invested mm-hmm. in her kid's life mm-hmm. this time because she probably has some guilt still from that. Mm-hmm. However, like, I mean, I know we're going to touch on this in a second, but obviously when um, Joan points out to her that that's her concern, that she's not spending enough time with Nicole, she's obviously doing a good job, but potentially still has a selfish element because she's a creative, because she wants to be in the limelight, and it's obviously not being the p- most perfect type mother in the eyes of the friends and family. I mean, but what in what I feel like it should be, though, is like, she's with Nicole for a certain amount of time, and then when she's doing her things, then he should be with oh, Nicole. Oh, of course. But just, it, the way the show is depicting it, at least, it's like he's barely ever, like, when even when he's with oh, Nicole, yeah. Nicole's at uh, rehearsal. Yeah. And he's not really focused on her. He's, he's giving her just money letting her and do whatever she wants. And, yeah. uh, so it's not like he's, she's still doing a better job than him is from what the show's depicting. Oh, we'll oh, say for that. Sure. For sure. For sure. It's kind of bizarre now. I, I don't expect anything of him. My expectations are so low that nothing is, surprises me anymore. And I'm not surprised that he's not in her life at all. I mean, just for fun family. I mean, fun the show's bigger. definitely not taking any easiness on him. No. Not at all. It's definitely giving us full thrust like this is what we think of this person yeah. which is that he's a amazing creative person yeah. he made so many great things he had a great mind in that sense mm-hmm. but was not a great person no well i suppose we can't all be perfect at everything true but you know who is perfect our fans <laughs> you're gonna say you or me <laughs> but yes our fans are definitely perfect all right so hi guys um before we move on to the next topic we just wanted to say a huge 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 thank you for making us the espn of tv talk um for us to continue and to grow though we do need your help so if you're on youtube right now if you could hit that thumbs up button um, and subscribe and if you're on itunes please give us a five star rating that'd be lovely Uh, but no matter where you are leave us a comment and so that you can get involved in the conversation and brie can shout you out Uh, being part of after buzz tv has meant so much to all of us definitely brie and i and we truly appreciate your support supporting us and doing what we love. So don't forget to tell all your friends and just keep enjoying all our shows. Yes, guys, it really does mean a lot to us. And we do enjoy that you're here every week, but it really does help us out. And you're here anyway, so just hit that thumbs up. Come on. Yeah. Why not? You can do it. Why not? (laughs) Um, And if you are on iTunes listening, five stars in a rain would be great. And like I said, at the end of this show, if uh, you left us one, I will potentially read it out on uh, air. That'd be awesome. Um, But moving on, another thing that's happened with Gwen, as we talked about, is Joan. Mm-hmm. So this is her best friend and uh, Neil Simon's wife, Joan, mm-hmm. and she's in the hospital 
uh, with bad hospital food. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I looked at that food, and for the first time, I was like, that actually looks like decent food. Did she bring it in because she had a full carrot or something long and peas? And it looked like real food for once. But... Maybe it was just a different time period. Maybe not as mass produced food. Good I don't point. Know. Yes, yes. But, good um, point. but she's, you know, she's doing her best to be that supportive friend. Mm-hmm. So not only is she dealing with her mm-hmm. own stuff in her life she's doing and her daughter but she's also trying to be there for her friend mm-hmm. um who's going through a really hard time and trying to have like the littlest amounts of light in her mm-hmm. like bringing her food yeah. from the outside making world. it too yeah she's gonna make it at home what with yeah. clam sauce or something something with clam sauce <laughs> something with wine that was gonna cook off yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yes i i mean she's amazing but i mean so many of us as women and, and men as well but multitask and we have to put on a brave face for different people and how we have to adjust our personalities when we're interacting with different people be yep. it the boss the brother the sister the husband poor husband usually gets the brunt of all of that <laughs> ah! um but it's just a typical woman so i mean in that way she's brilliant but she's just doing what she has to do to support other people in her yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason we're viewing it as so much is because we view, we look at him only doing what he wants. Yeah. Um, which not isn't to say he's not doing a lot. He's doing a lot working-wise. Mm. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, we'll get to it, but him winning all those awards, like, obviously, he was busy. But uh, it's just, yeah, it's just her, I think, trying to balance everything in her life. Yeah. Is, it seems like a lot, but it, you're right. It is something that all of us are doing day to day. We're balancing our relationships and our friendships and our careers. And mm-hmm. it is a lot when you look at it. Uh, but, you know, she finally tells Gwen, you know, I, I know I'm not leaving here. So yeah. stop. So stop babying me, basically. Like, don't make me have to. She basically says, like, almost that you're being selfish in a way because you're making me have to mm. act like I'm doing better. And I know I'm not. Mm. Mm, that's tough to hear as a friend though you can see her well up so sad to deal with um but how do you deal with that situation like is it easy it's easy easier to ignore it and just because here's the reality and i hate it when doctors say oh you've got six months or you've got three months that automatically makes the mindset of that person go oh God, okay, yes, I only have six months to live. Whereas at least what um, Joan is, uh, not Joan, um, Gwen. Gwen is doing is, you know, giving them a little bit more hope because she could then choose to believe, you know what, maybe I will be okay. So I don't think it's about beating around the bush. I think maybe she was of the mindset that, you know, maybe my friend can make maybe, this through. I, th- I think it was like on both sides, like she's like trying, but we also do, you know, we get that scene where she's like, Bob, no, like you should yeah, go visit knows. her and Bob's yeah. Bob. Yeah. And he's not like really hearing her. And he's like, oh, how is she doing? She's like, does that whole like, oh, you know, she, the surgery went Dig. well. She thinks she's saying, by the way, you should, the doctor says she has a month to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, is that just to get him to go rather than how she maybe feels about a friend? Which I don't even know if he went at that point. No. We don't know. <laughs> uh, but she's, it could be that she's like, you know, trying to give her friend some hope. And that I'm sure, you, I mean, you don't want to tell your friend like, oh, well, I know you only have one month left. So <laughs> let's, let's have our serious talks out now or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But. I mean, I think that there is a, if you're the person that is sick, there is a point where you're like, you know, and God damn it. No, no. And you, you can just, always come back and you just, you don't want people to lie to you anymore. But, oh, see, this is, I, I mean, I think this is too deep or an off topic, but it's just like, I don't believe in any of that. I totally believe in self-care and mindset and how you can get yourself out of anything. And so, um, 
I would want my friends to be doing the opposite. Screw what the doctors say. This is what, what do you want like, yeah. moving forward? I think it is, though, kind of like whatever that person wants. And apparently at this point, Joan does not want that. She That's wants, true. She doesn't want to be told everything's fine. She wants to be told, yeah, she's, I understand that you're going through this and up. that you probably aren't going home. Yeah. Um, and she wants, and the main thing she wants is she wants Gwen to be there for her daughter. Which was like a blow, wasn't it, to Gwen? It was like a wake-up call. It was like... Well, I think at that point, she just, like I don't think she ever thought about... You know, she thought like, oh, this is terrible for my friend. This is terrible for me. This is terrible for her husband. She probably thought of all those things, but maybe she didn't have that mindset yet of thinking, now this this girl, that, this girl that's my daughter's age is going to grow up without a, yeah. a mom. Yeah. Because they said, they said they were pregnant at the same time. Yes. So Sending their daughters back. are the same age mm-hmm. and like... It's so much more real when you think when you have your own daughter to like, and you're thinking like, what if I was gone? Absolutely. And now you're thinking of that of her, like, oh. Well, we totally were expecting Joan to say, "Please look after Nancy, her daughter," and then she says, "Nicole, please look after Nicole," and that's when she's like, "Whoa, hello." Um, and so that 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 makes me think, like I said before, about how Gwen, while she's brilliant. And I mean, everyone's got their flaws, but it just goes to show that creatives, artists, those like ourselves seeking the entertainment type industry, you have to be slightly selfish to, in order, because it's a very selfish pursuit. It's an individualized mm-hmm. pursuit. Yeah. And so therefore your friends and family do suffer in a way. Yeah. I think like no there's, you know, there's like the handful of jobs that are like that. And I would put like doctors, um, maybe lawyers and but stuff like, like the, what those jobs that require like almost... 24 7 for you to be yeah. working on them yes but also i feel like the entertainment industry is even more of a self-fulfilling creative me 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 endeavor versus at least with law and uh, you know medical and stuff it's all about other people and helping other people you could argue that entertainment's all about entertaining other people but um it just seems more of an individual like I think I've just watched too many uh, years of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, darling, is actors. Is acting, acting I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get that kind of really deep realization that, and she gets that deep realization that I need to step it up, to, to step it up as a mom mm. and I need to be there. And she goes home and doesn't take her dinner meeting and yeah, goes home to her daughter nice. instead. Whereas um, Mr. Fulsey probably would have been like, what? You crazy? I, I spent a lot of time with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get into Bob, Mr. Mr. Fosse. Um, so we start off this whole episode with Cabaret premiering and mm-hmm. him. Oh, I loved him it. not watching it. Yeah, he's just in his head still. All like, I see is the oh, I shit I need to fix. I could have done this. I could have done this <laughs> with it. I need. I need to rearrange this. I need that. And like, and he's like, no, people love it. But what about at the end they when he's like it. leaving the theater and like, um, um, he, what's his name is like, you gonna stay for the party? No, I'm not gonna stay for the funeral. <laughs> He's yeah, so and funny. like that, it's so, it's, for him, he's, I don't think anything is ever good enough. No, he's so self-critical. And but that's, that's why he's so good. Yeah, I mean, in every aspect of his life, nothing's ever good enough, obviously. No, true. In Absolutely. relationships, it wasn't. No. Um, yeah. And now, in his arts, it's not. And he is constantly, I feel like if he had his way, if he didn't have people making him put this stuff out or having that deadline, yeah. like we would never see any of his work because he would constantly be changing, changing it. Changing it, absolutely. And isn't it interesting as well? Like he's, like you say, he's always very self-critical and he's always he doesn't like anything that he's created. But when he read the reviews or was read the reviews, and then oh, everyone likes it. Oh, maybe it's okay then. I think he, it's like he needs that validation totally from other needs people. Validation. Yeah, like 
for him, it's never going to be good enough. But if other people like it, okay, maybe there's something I'm yeah. not seeing or something. Yeah. I don't know. Isn't that funny how we're easily swayed by the opinions of the others? Opinions of others. Yeah. It's a big part of, uh, I guess, just the life, especially the creative process. Because basically you're, you're putting yourself out there. Well, and if people don't like what you do, then you don't have a job. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So no money, no food, but it is a huge success. It, it's getting, you know, it, it had that little slate telling us like this much money since yeah, it was up, and it just wasn't stopping on yeah. the last number. Yeah. It kept going up and up and up. And, you know, we've, you know, but then again, we're getting more selfishness from Bob with his mm-hmm. friend, Patty and him going to the party. You didn't tell me you're not coming and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, the big theme of this entire episode to me was selfishness. Oh, easy. in so many areas. Absolutely. Uh, but after that, he kind of sky's the limit for him. He can kind of do whatever he wants now because and Cabaret was such a huge success. It, and he it? takes advantage of it. You know, mm-hmm. we see it. They are doing the rehearsals for Pippin. And, and when people are questioning him, he's like, you know, who else questioned me? The people on Cabaret. Mm-hmm. And look what happened with there. Mm-hmm. So that was a good call. Quite smart. <laughs> Very call. smart. But then we also see him using his power in the dancing, the dancers that are coming into him. Movement. Yeah. Um, and he. For the most part, he's getting whatever dancers he wants to come home. Yeah. But then we get this one girl, Sherry, who he go he walks her home and he's trying so hard to go Good up to her, her room. And she's saying no. And he's not taking no for an answer. He's basic, like in the slyest way possible, he's saying, you sleep with me, you get a role. Yeah. And you get a solo. And he means it too. Yeah, 100%. Because then the next day. Yeah, when she, I mean, she needs him in the groin and, and all of a sudden it's, it's like everything she's awesome. doing is wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, just from the whole perspective, obviously, of the fact he's sleeping with all the cast and he can have whatever woman he wants, I mean, there's always two sides to that story in a way. So what he's doing is so wrong and it's disgusting and he should be, I mean, he's basically molesting Sherry when he's making advances. It's just disgusting. But all those girls are responsible for their part in that as well, like trying to climb up the ladder by sleeping their way to the top. So that's a huge no-no on their part as well. Two to tango. Um, But in saying that as well, if you were in that cast and you, whether you knew or whether you didn't know that half the cast is set with the director, that is such an unprofessional environment to work in. It's a huge unprofessional environment, but then I also can see that if they see one person turn him down and this is what happens, the fear of turning him Which down. Which is so disgusting and so unprofessional. I mean, this is it. It it's so Probably interesting so to be watching it now with the whole Me Too movement yes. happening at this moment, yes. and and being like, this is what led to where we are now. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, even years before this, like, but mm-hmm. this is how it was, mm-hmm. and nobody questioned it because mm-hmm. you see, there's a ton of men in the room too, and they all know. Mm-hmm. Um, the only I'm one jealous. that the only one that seems people say no. And get away with it is Annie, who we know we know becomes his future third wife, right? Not actually or married, not, but no, like not yeah, because he's third. never uh, divorced Gwen, but like yeah, basic yeah. wife. Uh, so she was the only one that was able to kind of say no to him. Yeah, and like Gwen said, um, you know, she's such a good dancer, and she's one who doesn't basically need to sleep her way to the top because she's so yeah. Good. She like she knows she doesn't have to go back to your hotel to get a solo, yeah, because she's that good of a dancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it is kind of sad in a way to think like the one girl who was able to say no to him is does end up with him still. That's true. That's true. Yeah, good point. At so least I guess he technically did. kind of gets yeah. a ring on her finger, kind of, not really. 
I mean, we don't know when that happens. It, what, it hasn't what said is in the show with, yet. With theater and promiscuous males and those show romances. I don't think and it's all just that. theater. I think it's the entertainment industry because I think yeah, it happens yeah. in film and television yes. too. Well, that that yeah, the entertainment industry that heightened like fantasy world. We're not playing who we are. We're doing characters. It's crazy where yeah. our brains go. It, fantasy and it's, world. it's it's also it's it's scary how quickly and easily people can be mm. influenced. Because mm. um, then we see Sherry, you know, she gets kicked out of her role. Mm. It gets given to Annie. And then next thing that happens, and she offers drink. to go buy him a drink. Which I like, hope it stops there. I think that was their way of saying that she's going to go sleep with oh, him. I think that out. they weren't going to show us that, but that's what they were implying was she's going to go buy him a drink and they're going to go. I just don't off. get it because it's never worth it. Like, yes, you may by sleeping with somebody. Okay, I don't have experience in this. Just speaking from ex- not speaking from experience but if you're sleeping with someone you might get that little role but then surely you're disrespected overall like people don't have respect for you and you might be the but good ones eventually you might get disrespect know, but it's prosper. also i think it's that fear of being blacklisted and not getting any more roles if you say no um well, and that's i think that's how it's able that. to happen over and over again and yes there are the women that do this too they're far fewer than men um but it's that fear that if i don't say yes then i he has so much power. He's so famous. Mm. He has so much influence. He can tell all these other people not to hire me. Like, what if I never mm. get another it's role? so wrong, isn't it? Karma's it is. going to bite them in the bottom later. It is. Um, and as we see, through all of this, he's still not happy. He's Funny getting that. everything he seemingly wants. He has great success. Mm-hmm. He's one of the biggest directors and choreographers in the world. He's getting all these women to sleep with him. He, in one year, wins two Tony Awards, one Oscar, and three Emmys. Mm. But now he seems more depressed than he's ever been. Mm. Well, it's purely, I swear, it's that point I made earlier about the one thing in life to ensure your success and happiness is to help others Mm. on their journey. And that is the one thing he cannot do, even to Gwen, who helps him out repetitively. So and he's missing the connection of love and the basis of life. It's also just that we see it is one of the biggest themes in film and television and theater that money doesn't buy happiness. Success does not buy happiness. Yeah. But it's, I don't even know if it's that because those things can buy happiness in their own particular I, way. I don't think that they buy you happiness. I it's think the they lack. buy you the means to be able to get your happiness and whether that's helping other people or whether it's yes. um, having yes. the money to be able to go do other things that Give make you happy, yeah. but them in itself, like having oh, a lot sure. of money is not going to give you happiness. Absolutely. Having not. a lot of success is not going to give you happiness. Yeah. You have to, if, if you're rich and successful and you have no friendships and no relationships yeah. and your heart you is not in the right place. Yeah. What's the point? Like when you die, well, who's it, there it, for you? Prime example of what the, what's the point? He's got all those um, awards sitting there in his hotel room and then he goes groveling back to Gwen because the one thing, I mean, what's the point of awards if you don't have someone to share it with to be like, congratulations, that's so awesome. Yeah, someone and you know, when you we care see about. that even with his daughter being like, he didn't thank me. Yes, yes. Perfect example. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, you just. Yeah. He's missing it's, the heart. It's, he's missing, yeah, he's not developing any close relationships. Mm. Nobody's staying in his life mm. except for Gwen. Mm. Gwen's the only one. And I think that's why they had such a a strong connection with each other. And I think that's why they stayed with each other is like, she was the only one willing to put up with everything. Mm. Uh, no one else was really, do- I mean, 
She must have had such a soft spot for him. Like, it must have really fallen hard when they first fell in love. Well, I think that there's also, we don't know the whole story. We're seeing one Mm -hmm. version of the story. I'm sure that there were lots of good parts to him, and she knew a side of him that no one else saw. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, I don't think that she could have. Mm. Oh, absolutely. But but like you said, there's more than one side to a story. We're seeing one side of this story. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, as we know with all that jazz, I don't think he thought very highly of himself either, and... We'll see what happens with the rest of the series if he ever kind of gets that, as they say, come to Jesus moment. <laughs> um, it's so interesting because at the end of the day, it's like, is it all worth it? Like, is all the glitz, glam, fame, awards work worth it? If I mean, you know how we have a choice right now. Like, we're pursuing the entertainment industry and it's like, you know, it's going to be tough. And it's going to be hard. And then all these things. And then at the end of the day, you look at other friends who may be just settling down and having families and just doing really simple, lovely, beautiful things. Like, what's going to make us happier? And why do we but pursue I think that this? everybody has like this different version of happiness. And I think what happens is like a lot of people like within us, especially um, more women, when we, as we get older, we look at the people like, Oh, they're married. Oh, they have kids. They're happy. But it's not necessarily that's true. Not necessarily true. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I feel like, again, like it just depends on who you're Grass surrounding yourself greener. in life. Yeah, yeah. Like you never, you know, you could have the, the family, but you could be missing your career. And or feel you can like, have it all. Or you can have, some people do get it yes, all. Um, I think it's just being happy with what you have at that moment in your life and grateful, being grateful and not always be just looking at what you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And just Um, smile. And, you know, he's not able to do that. And he's, he needs to go on a meditation retreat. (laughs) One week silent. (laughs) But he's, you know, we see him delving with these drugs and the alcohol and he's being consumed with it. And he goes to Gwen because Mm -hmm. that's the one person that he can continuously rely on. And she's with a man. Oh, hello. Is it Ron? Mr. Ron? Ron. She Ron has Ron in her bed, which we've learned earlier with her talk with uh, Joan that she was dating a younger man who was very good with his finger. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> that he had more talent in his... his one finger. One finger. And most men in their whole bodies. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Shout out to Steph, our producer in the booth with all the great sound drops. Um, um, but I loved it. I, I mean, it was so pathetic. When um, Fossey came into the bedroom, hello, sweetie, I'm home, and like cuddling her like a little four-year-old child, boom, <laughs> on the ground. That was awesome. Um, and he then goes to his hotel room, and they that make it seem stuff. like this is the moment that made him like really like the whole theme of the episode. We got these flashes Glory. of the three Glory. things, which was uh, him as a child dancing, mm-hmm. the pill bottle, mm-hmm. and jumping out a window. Mm-hmm. And he goes to you know his hotel room he's super messed up he's depressed Mm -hmm. and he gets these images of people in his life which is patty gwen and then the dancers Mm -hmm. and stars of pippin Mm -hmm. which is so cool and we get this kind of montage of them like him literally living pippin like glory glory is he gonna go out the window pushing and being like do it do it do it brilliant um i wrote down uh one of the quotes that gwen says which is the ones who die young those are the ones who who live forever yes you never know that you oh no sorry you know that you made me a star but if you do this you'll eclipse me you'll eclipse everyone yeah being like come on do it yeah it'll make you immortal brilliant like you'll live forever if you do this because your name will be everywhere you'll be dying at the height of your success that's so sad and so true isn't it just that that thought that those that die young are remembered you know more so than just growing old i mean you can be remembered either way but i think it's just it's more yeah. tragic and it's, it's more of an impact. It's like when you die when you're older, it's like, oh, they lived such a great life. Yeah. They had all this. And then they had it. <gasps> yeah. When you die when you're young, it's like, oh, 
Too what young. did we miss out on? Like, yeah. what could they have done with their lives? Yeah, totally. But um, but he's gonna jump, and then he thinks of his daughter Nicole, and they mm-hmm. have her singing. I guess I'll miss the man, which is from Pippin, and uh, he decides not to. That was like the first and only time he's actually ever connected on a human level to oh, actually, there's a purpose here, and I love someone and care about someone more. And there's someone that relies on me. Yes. Yeah. That needs me. Yeah. And uh, and then I wrote down a couple more lines that we got, which is uh, one of the dancers says, he's choosing life. How realistic is that? I know. It's just exactly and, what he said earlier uh, about the ending with going off on the farm as Pippin and yes. choosing love. Yeah. And then um, Verdon, or Gwen says, I guess I was wrong. I guess you're like everyone else. Yeah. That's a blow. I mean, that was such a powerful statement to say, like, he viewed himself somewhat as, like, above everybody. And I think that that was, like, you're not better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. And look at how you were too scared to do that. You you, you can't even do this. Like, mm-hmm. not that that's what he should be doing, but <laughs> that's kind of, like, the statement that's being made. Yeah. Like, you're also human. It was really interesting, the fact that they are... Um, you know, assisting him and literally committing suicide. I know it's only in his brain, but you don't usually see that on TV. It's always like people, you know, holding someone back or trying to stop it. And in a way, by them actually pushing for it to happen, it makes you even more aware of don't do it. Mm -hmm. It works in the reverse, which is quite interesting for future TV series and movies. Maybe that's a better way to put the message across. To get it across. Yeah. But, you know, he then comes out of the window and all this, we hear daddy, we hear the the operator on 911, and then the next thing we know, he's wake up and we get that slate saying that uh, the Payne Whitney Psychiatric Clinic. Mm. And that's the end of the episode. All bruised. All bruised. Was that the bruises from Ron or was that from something else we don't know? What I think it was, it was from Ron. Oh, okay. I'm guessing because I don't, nothing else that I saw happen would have caused that. Well, no, unless something, that. he did fall out the window and we don't know yet or something. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'm I don't sure think so. More than eyes. Um, I don't think so. In our segment, we'll get into some uh, some oh, some news about the, what, what happened, what didn't, gotcha. um, with the psychiatric clinic. But yeah, so that's where we end the episode. Is him needing help? Yes. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. And it was day two in the psychiatric. Do you have any episode. more thoughts on the episode before we move on to some of our segments? No, I think I'm pretty happy with what we've just said. Really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I was really a good, it. it was a good episode. I'm excited great. to see where we're going next. Yeah, and it's all making sense in order, and we're back on track with that mm. still. So, yeah, no, I'm happy. I, I'm really excited to see what happens next yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so let's get into our special segment. Cool. Uh, which is where we talk about what happens in the show that is real and what happens in the show that maybe was improvised in for lightness. television. So... A couple of the things we got. So he was known for the sleeping around and for sleeping with his dancers in particular. Yeah. Um, someone that was, it was an anonymous uh, person said in a quote to a newspaper, you can assume he's going to try to make you. He tries with every girl and gets a fair percentage. He's so casual. He doesn't give you much respect. So that was like a quoted line wow. that was put in a newspaper about him, but it was anonymous. Because obviously you wouldn't want. <laughs> it might even be one of the girls who actually find out. Um, but the story, the girl Sherry, uh, they changed her name, but that is a that was a real encounter that did actually happen on the set of Pippin. Uh, she her name was Jennifer Naren Smith. Um, mm. She was a ballerina, and she did refuse him, and then did get tormented at uh, rehearsal and picked on. Did so, she get pulled out of numbers as well? Yes. Mm. Yes. 
Um, so that that was based on a real person. They just changed the name because yeah. they probably didn't want to broadcast it out. Uh, mm-hmm. He was fascinated by death and suicide. That was something that was a common thing in his life and that people talked about, like that he he brought up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did check himself into a facility for depression oh, wow. after winning the awards. Um, for But they said it was for a long weekend. So it wasn't for very long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good he checked himself in. Yeah, no, I mean, it's good that he mm. he took the steps that mm. he needed to take instead of the step out the window. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> no, there was no word uh, if the encounter with Ron was true, that if that ever actually happened or if Ron even existed. There's no verification that mm. that was a real thing. We don't – it could be. but That's just, interesting because surely the daughter would know – it could be, but right now there's no record of it being true. Oh, good. Job. The good. daughter hasn't said if that was or was not, and there's no um, on-record thing of her having a boyfriend named Ron that was younger than her. Mm. Uh, and it also is not verified if he tried to commit suicide or attempted to or thought about it um, for that scene. But mm. they did say that that last scene could just be a nod to all that jazz as well, because mm. in all that jazz, when he's in the hospital, he's encountering all these different people throughout his life that he wronged mm-hmm. uh in a way and mm-hmm. his past relationships and what he messed up so it could be that um and then joan simon who we did see she did die in 1973 oh, that did. year of bone cancer at the age of 41 oh, so sad so um, so there's a little update for you on uh on what didn't didn't happen. what didn't didn't happen good job um do you want to get us into some news and gossip yeah here? absolutely cool so i was super fascinated boom i was beginning we like to come in with a bang <laughs> freak me out in the process thanks jeff um cool so i was really fascinated from the other week about um gwen's first son and so his name was james hennigan jr and i wanted to know what happened to him what was he doing where did he end up fully living was it just at her Gwen's parents, etc. Anyway, so the story goes that he did bounce between um, Gwen's parents' family home, a boarding school in Connecticut, and actual um, Verdon's apartment in NYC. So when she was living there with Nicole, who was apparently there at times as well, which we haven't seen yet, so maybe we will. Um, and he says today that uh, Verdon literally strived to give him the most normal childhood possible and that he felt that he did have one. So that was cool. That's good. Um, and then his background. So James actually went into entertainment as well. And he was in the TV series Lassie. Lassie and the Waltons and then he wrote some screen plays so he became a writer but then also there's um, notations of him also being a plumbing contractor and also a restaurant owner and apparently now he cooks at a Californian based mission so go figure multi-talented tasking there Um, and then separately in other news um, I was interested to find out more about um, Anne Ranking who like we said before is was basically Fosse's third kind of wife. And so we were introduced to her tonight. She He came across her in Pippin, um, and she was the dancer that was replacing Sherry when she got kicked out of that group, doing that Manson trio number um, with the hips. And so okay. um, she came in across his life that way. She was obviously a fantastic dancer. And in years later, she went on to play um, Grace Farrell in the 1982 Annie, who was um, Oliver Warbuck's secretary. 
So she was the one that loved Annie the whole time. Um, She was a judge in 2005 documentary um, Mad Hot Ballroom. She played herself in the mostly autobiographical film All That Jazz, obviously. And then she was the choreographer of the still-running revival of Chicago on Broadway and starred as Roxy Hart for quite some time. So she had a great career um, as well. Yes, that is so, some good news. That is some news. That's um, I do have two quick little ones. Uh, we are now running short of time. We're probably going to have to cut our prediction segment, so you'll just have to wait till next week to see what's going to happen. But uh, Foss, I did want to just mention that Fosse was the only person in history to have won all three awards, meeting a Tony, an Emmy, and an Oscar in the same year. Wow. Still um, to this day? I, that's what I believe it said in the article I read. I, I awesome. Don't quote me 100% on that, but I believe it said that he holds that record. Uh, people have won all three, just not in the same year. Yeah, and that uh, Cabaret was nominated for eight out of t- uh, it was nominated for ten Oscars. It won eight out of the ten, and holds the record for a film winning that many that did not go on to win Best Picture. That's crazy, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Good a little, stuff, Bray. A little fun facts for like you. Um, but yeah, so. That about does it for this episode of Fossey Vernon. We'll be back next week to talk to you guys all about what's going on with that episode. Four to go. Only four uh, to go. We're we'll, halfway. We'll have to go into the comments below and put our thoughts on what's going to happen then. But yeah, we will be here for the rest. Um, Amy Main Street, looks like, will be joining us again for the Yay. rest of the series. Cool. So you will have three of our lovely voices to listen to and three of our lovely faces to look at. But <laughs> until then, Kim, where can they find you to talk with you about everything? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone, you can find me on all my social media at Kim Davy Live. And Brie, what about you, Del? You guys can find me at Brie underscore Phipps. That's B-R-I underscore P-H-I-P-P-S on Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you guys all next week. Awesome. See you guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.